listening to Hope for Today Church podcast. We're so glad that you're joining in this virtual space. We believe that as you listen, Jesus will minister to you right where you are. So open up your mind and your heart to what the word would say to you today. Thank you for joining us. And remember, Jesus is our hope for today. We're going to get into uh, the message here this afternoon. I'm just pivoting here in my heart. I'm just so tremendously thank- thankful and over- overcome with thanksgiving for that, uh, that gift. So thank you so much. Uh, this, the title for this afternoon is um, Divine Conversions of Love, Faithfulness, and Truth. Divine Convergence of Love, Faithfulness, and Truth. You know, when you think back to the nativity story, the occasion of Christ's birth, everything came into alignment as God intended in Bethlehem. God brought and orchestrated everything to come into place at that very time in human history. And so today we're going to look at the occasion of this birth. And I believe as we look at it together this afternoon, that this count will show for us, display for us the fullness of not only God's love that is so evidently on display, but more importantly, we can walk out of here today is with this, that is masterful faithfulness that was present then is still at work today, continuing his divine redemptive purposes in each of our lives. That every time you light up the tree, you see a star in the sky. You remember not only that Jesus come, love came down and visited, but he still reveals himself to us today. He's alive and well. He is our hope for today. I can't emphasize it enough. Hope for today. He is the reason for the season. Can I get an amen? The reason for the season. That love that, that moves each of us to desire that our life would be accomplished by God. Do you desire that? Do you believe he's faithful and true in all things? Let's go to read to the word together here this afternoon. Luke 1, verse 26, it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. Do not forget that part. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And then Mary asked the angel, How can this be, since I have not had sexual relations with a man? And the angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her who was called childless. For nothing will be impossible with God. And look at Mary's response. I am 
the Lord's servant. May it be done to me according to your word. And then the angel left her. You know, point number one for us to take away here today is this. God masterfully ministers through us all. He's always on time. And it's not because of how much we love God. I'm sorry if that's what's on your to-do list of how and to show how much you love God. Now, don't get me wrong. It's important that we, we demonstrate with our life that he's working in us and that, yes, you do love him, but it's not because of how much we love God that he ministers and works through us, but it's because of how much he loves us. 1 John 4.10 says, love consists in this, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. What this nativity account equally displays for us is not only is God intimately involved in human history and every generation, amen, as we await his return, but our age and experience is not the prerequisite of experiencing his divine faithfulness in our life. Our age is not the prerequisite. Our experience is not the prerequisite. We can see that in regards to Mary. Age was not a factor for her to be service to the Lord. The angel says to her, greetings, favored woman. Think about that for a moment. Greetings, favored woman. She was not um, older than a teenager at the time the angel appeared to her. And as we parked there just for a second, imagine what God can do through you when you're willing to serve. Imagine what God can do through you when you're willing to serve. Here we see the beauty of a young woman saying, basically, here I am. I am the Lord's servant. She was, she was getting this in her spirit. She was understanding this in her heart saying, nothing is impossible with God. Imagine what God can do through you. You know, when the angel appeared to Mary that she would be the vessel of the immaculate conception of Jesus Christ, which was important because he would be the deliverer, Messiah, rescuing his people from darkness. That he, and not her response, but he would come into the world and destroy the works of the devil. The results weren't up to Mary. All she had to do was be faithful in what God was calling her to do, and it was simply to bear the Son of God. And you know, we, we don't always have the perfect response to God, do we? Or to his ministering angels. But it's okay if we don't have the perfect response. He works within that. You know, when, when Mary asked a really good and practical question, how was this going to happen? She understands the, the science, if you will, of how this comes together. And so the angel encouraged her. It wasn't the purpose of why the child was born. It was in the greeting that was difficult for her to understand. Let's look at that for a second. You see, as a young woman... Mary had no social status. She had no prominence. She had no wealth to speak of. And in that time, especially at that time, the, a person's greeting was connected 
with that status and prominence. That was the custom in the day. So perhaps she thought to herself when he said, greetings, favored woman, she's thinking, Gabriel, do you have the right Mary? Is this the right address? Am I hearing you correctly? For what do I, a young woman, deserve such a greeting? Even more than that, as I was looking at this, I wrote this down. She could perhaps be thinking, maybe she was more intelligent with the scripture than we're aware of. Maybe she's thinking, how could I possibly be involved in God's redemptive story? Who am I? Who am I? And so Gabriel, he goes on, he encourages her and shares what the purpose of this birth is. And I love that this illustrates for us here, as we pick up in that, in that regard, it confirms that God does not make mistakes. Do you hear what I hear? Do you see what I see? The whisper of God's love, his favor that was flowing to Mary flows to all of us that God speaks over you today. I do not make mistakes because my word is faithful and true. In a modern sense, it's as if you can say, you can take it to the bank. The check isn't going to read insufficient funds. Psalm 89, 14 says this, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne Faithful love and truth go before you. Everything our loving Father does is faithful and true. When can you recall God being unfaithful or untrue in regards to you? When you sift through your life story, you can testify like Mary that God is always faithful. He is always true. He can do what seems impossible. And so point number two is this. The nativity highlights the very providence of God and how he's masterfully faithful, not only in working in us, but faithful in all the details. In all the details. Look how he goes on in verse 30 through 33. He, he says that your son will be um, of the most high. The Lord your God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. Over the house of Jacob forever. You see, through whom Christ would be born and where he would be born was not random. It didn't happen on a whim. And so the choosing of Mary did not happen on a whim. It wasn't because of what she possessed. Now, no doubt, she had a, a caring and loving heart for God. And like many of the wonderful mothers in the house today, she would exhibit many wonderful qualities abounding to her in her motherhood. But it wasn't because of those things that she was called. Because of God's faithfulness to his word, that she was betrothed, she was engaged to Joseph, essentially part of his line of the house of David. So when, she, when the angel appears her and says, greetings, favored woman, he lays it out. This is why you're favored, because your purpose is aligned with the house of Jacob, the promise of God spoken in ancient times that's coming to fruition here and now. Greetings, favored woman. And the Holy Spirit and that of the Most High is going to overshadow you and you will bear a son. Joseph. You can't forget about Joseph. Now, many times the Christmas story, we can put a lot of um, focus on Mary. 
But Joseph is important because he's from the line of David. He shared that ancestry. And so here we see in uh, Luke 2, 4 and uh, John 7, 40 through 43, referencing that Joseph came from the house and family and the line of David. When David was once told that I will establish your kingdom and my faithful love will never leave him as it did when I removed it from Saul whom I removed before you and your house and kingdom will endure before me forever and your throne will be established forever. And he says, I will raise up after you your descendant who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. God is intimately involved in all of the details. So to whom was important? And then you have to the where, the significance of this that you see, perhaps you know the reference of the prophet Micah in chapter five, verse two, that says that this would occur in Bethlehem, that this came into full picture when the royal census was given, requiring people to relocate to their place of birth for the very census that was being conducted. And of course, Mary is traveling with him because she's legally sharing in his name, sharing in his line. And so in Luke 2, 1, it says this, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. This first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. And so Joseph also went out from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David to be registered along with Mary, who is engaged to him and was pregnant. And in verse six, while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And then she gave birth to her firstborn son and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. God was involved in these details and think about this, the royal decree that would bring them to Bethlehem in comparison, there would be a royal decree of our heavenly father, the Christ would be born, the son would be given in the very place that he intended it to be. Without fail. Without fail. On the end of Micah 5, 2, it says that the one will come from you of Bethlehem to be ruler over Israel for me. His origin is from antiquity, from ancient times. So this couldn't just be referencing any sort of person. Ancient of time, someone that existed long before even time itself. And so during his ministry, Jesus, in the midst of many questions that were poised to him by his own people, Jesus indirectly and yet faithfully again, faithful to his word, confirmed his ancient origin. He says in John 8, 56, regarding a conversation regarding Abraham, he says, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. And the Jews replied, you aren't 50 years old yet and you've seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, before Abraham was, I am. 
there's the answer, the ancient times. He gives that very answer to us in scripture, showing how God is instantly evolved in all the details. And even on top of that, in the final proceeding that Jesus experienced prior to his own crucifixion, Jesus confirmed, again, his authority and his kingship. He says to Pilate, when he, uh, Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? In John 18, 34, Jesus answers, are you asking this on your own or have others told you about me? I'm not a Jew, am I? Pilate replied. Your own nation and the chief priests handed you over to me and what have you done? Jesus, he loved this. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I wouldn't be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. I love it how Pilate then speaks, uh, Pilate speaks uh, plainly. You are a king then. Jesus says, you say that I'm a king and I was born for this. I have come into the world for this, to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Faithful, true, masterfully faithful and following through on his divine purposes throughout human history. And then look at the prophet Isaiah in 714. He says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. See, the virgin will conceive, have a son and name him Emmanuel. Think about that. Mary, from a young age, like her peers, would have been immersed in the teachings of the scripture and that of the prophets, and more than likely was aware of not only Micah 5.2 of the place in which the Messiah would be born, but they would, she would be well aware of the sign revealing that God is with his people through this virgin birth. This very reference of Isaiah 7.14. And so when you think about that, like, I don't know, it, it excites me. When I was reading this morning, I'm like, this is so cool, God. You are intimately involved in human history. Not, not, nothing is left to chance. And so when the angel Gabriel appears to Mary, greetings, favored woman, I'm in the details. This is coming to pass. The most high will overshadow you. The power of the Most High will come and therefore the Holy One will be born and will be called the Son of God. Again, recall Psalm 89, 14. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne and faithfulness, love, and truth go before you. Bethlehem, the star in the sky, the many signs signaling the divine convergence of his faithful love Righteousness and truth. Righteousness and truth. Thank you, Jesus. And he didn't stop there. The Bible says in the law of God that a fact is to be established by one or two, uh, two to three witnesses. In Deuteronomy 19.15, it says, a fact must be established by the testimony of two or three. And so here, the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary. 
He appeared to Zachariah and Elizabeth and the, and the forerunner of John the Baptist and appeared to Joseph also. Again, you can't forget Joseph that when Mary started to show signs that she was pregnant, does it doesn't take a rock to sign this to realize that how did this happen? Everyone's making their assumptions. And so the, the word says in Matthew 1 that Joseph is considering divorcing her quietly because he's a righteous man. Because scripture says that the marriage bed is to be kept pure. And so as he's considering these things, again, God is on time. He's, he's involved in the details it says in verse 20 of Matthew 1, but after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. I like to think Joseph, oh, thank God that was you, Lord, because I was wondering who in the village did that. Now, all of this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. And it says that Joseph woke up, and he did as the angel commanded him, and he married her, but did not have relations with her until she gave birth to a son, and they named him Jesus. Here's an important part to take away regarding Mary, that she was flesh and blood, a person. She was not divine. She didn't go through her life living out the rest of her life as a celibate woman, like many would claim she did. It was one of many children that she bore, that Jesus was the first, and the two did become intimate with one another after this occasion. The focus is not on Mary. The focus it's not on Joseph, although they were faithful in saying, let it be done to me according to your word. But it's all about God's masterful faithfulness, his truth, his work in the nativity story. And so as we go here today, I want you to take this away, take it to the bank. The God who worked then is still faithful and true in all of our social contexts. He's faithful and true in all that he's called us to, that he's gonna bring it through to completion. Don't allow the social pressures of the world to determine how you're going to live for the Lord. If Joseph, if that, if that was his focus, he may have sought to divorce his wife. But God knew in his heart. He saw what Joseph was going to do. That he wouldn't cater to the social pressure, but he would lean into the faithfulness of God. And so think here today as we conclude these two statements of the angel to Mary and Joseph. The angel says to Mary, don't be afraid for you found favor with God. You will conceive, you will give birth, and his name will be Jesus. And then to Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what has been conceived is from the Holy Spirit. The two in one. Becoming one, Adam, meaning human, Eve, meaning life. Together, you have human life, that God is intimately involved in all of our stories. God is at work. And this story, this wonderful nativity story, whispers to us. 
want to invite you just to close your eyes just for a moment. Just imagine as you reflect on this story, as if God is reaching out through the very word here this afternoon, whispering to you, I love you. I came to you in your most desperate hour so that in me, you would have freedom and life to the full. Psalm 1830, God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is pure. He is a shield to all who take refuge in him. Picture him right now as the purest upon pure, that he is the very shield that you run to in all that you face. That his favor is there. His favor is with you. God is intimately and faithfully involved in all of our affairs. And so as John prepares to lead us, as we also come to a time of fellowship, are you ready to embrace the impossible through God? Are you ready to embrace his favor, his faithfulness, his truth, and his righteousness? Because we believe, because of faith in Christ, that Christmas, the miracles that happen at Christmas can happen every single day. It's not on the, just the 25th of December, every day. Amen, brother, amen. You know what's going on in your life. You know what your family members, what your friends are going through. Nothing is impossible with God. If you could just be like Mary and say, Lord, let it be done to me according to your word. Nothing is impossible. Do you receive that today? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the beautiful tapestry of your word. From the Garden of Eden all the way through human history to the, the time in which, Lord Jesus, you came into this world. Father, we're so thankful that you have shown us and disclosed to us through your word, your faithfulness, your righteousness, and your truth. And as we await your turn, we can be encouraged by what we read. And as we look back in your faithfulness, but that is equally true that we know your faithfulness as you return, Lord, that you are coming back. And we imagine how amazing that day is going to be. And that the here and the now as we await that day, Lord, you are working in us. You are faithfully involved in all the details, doing the impossible. Thank you, Lord, that you open all of our hearts to be receptive to your promptings, to your leading. Overshadow us, Holy Spirit. May your power flow through each of us to the glory and light of your good name. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Let's let's sing together. Thank you Jesus. How do you stand with us here as we sing this last song?
good. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. What a beautiful song. You know, now is the time for...